Trading at Schwab is now powered by Ameritrade, giving you even more specialized support than ever before. Like access to the Trade Desk, our team of passionate traders ready to tackle anything from the most complex trading questions to a simple strategy gut check. Need assistance? No problem. Get 24-7 professional answers and live help and access support by phone, email, and in-platform chat. That's how Schwab is here for you, to help you trade brilliantly. Learn more at schwab.com slash trading. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, investment opportunities in corn, in soybeans, in bushels of wheat. We're going to be speaking with Sal Gilberti. He's the president, chief investment officer, and co-founder of Tucrium Trading. We'll get a look at investing in commodities. Right now, let's get a look at news from Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom. And I thank you very much, Pim Fox. The U.S. Senate has passed a $37.5 billion energy and water spending bill that will provide funds for a private sector nuclear waste storage program, aid extensions of nuclear plant licenses, and finance research on wind energy. Charter Communications has one final regulatory approval to buy Time Warner Cable and become the second largest U.S. cable provider as California authorities sign off on the merger. Burlington Northern Santa Fe says train speeds in the first quarter got back to 2013 levels. People familiar with familiar with the matter say Germany's buyer is exploring a potential bid for U.S. competitor Monsanto in a deal that would create the world's largest supplier of seeds and farm chemicals. Monsanto has a market value of about $40 billion. Buyer is valued at $96 billion. Diego Eduardo Ferro is co-chief investment officer at Greylock Capital Management. He says he's hoping antitrust concerns have been addressed if this deal happens. You know, it's interesting when you see so much money um, deployed to these type of transactions before really doing the proper due diligence in terms of what what is likely to happen. I think the most obscene case has been recently Halliburton having to pay three, four billion dollars for a, a failed merger. Right now, we've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average advancing 33 points, up two-tenths of one percent. The S&P higher by two points, up 0.1 percent. NASDAQ, little change, down 16 points, a drop there of four-tenths of one percent. More trouble in retail today. Coal's down 9.6 percent after posting weak results. Gold down 250 the ounce to 12.73, a drop there of two-tenths of one percent. Crude up seven-tenths of one percent, 46.57 a barrel. And now at 2.32 on Wall Street, let's take a look at other news from around the world.
Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Ramey in Asensio. This news update is brought to you by Benzel Bush Motor Car in Englewood, New Jersey, offering a commitment to service, luxury, and value with total transparency from America's premier automotive dealership. To find the way you drive at BenzelBush.com. After meeting with Republican presumptive nominee Donald Trump this morning, House Speaker Paul Ryan says he is, quote, totally committed to working together. Uh, Look, it's no secret that Donald Trump and I have had our differences. Uh, We talked about those differences today. That's common knowledge. Um, The question is, what is that we need to do to unify the Republican Party? Ryan has said he is not ready to endorse Trump for president. Meanwhile, Trump is narrowing down his choices of a possible running mate. Bloomberg's Michael Barr fills us in. Donald Trump is thinking about selecting former House Speaker Newt Gingrich as his vice presidential running mate. That's according to several people familiar with the situation. The presumptive Republican presidential nominee has been asking his inner circle on Gingrich as a potential pick. Trump has said he has narrowed his vice presidential list to five or six candidates. Some of the names on the list include Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon and former Arizona Governor Jan Brewer. Michael Barr, Bloomberg Radio. Five years in prison for Dean Skelos, the once powerful New York politician convicted of using his position as Senate Majority Leader to pressure companies to provide hundreds of thousands of dollars for his son, learned his fate earlier today. His son Adam Skelos was sentenced to six and a half years behind bars. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Ramey in Asensio. Charlie. And we thank you. And again, recapping, stocks higher, S&P 500 index up a point now to 2,065, a gain of 0.1%. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Drought. Drought is cutting the wheat production in South Africa to a four-year low. The wheat crop is estimated to be cut by about 18%. Does this offer an investment opportunity? Let's find out from Sal Gilberti. He is the president and the chief investment officer and co-founder of Tucrium Trading, LLC. He's based in Brattleboro, Vermont. Sal, thank you very much for being with us. Good to be here. Just tell us a little bit about Tucrium Trading and what it is you specialize in and how you came to find this particular area of investments. Sure. Um, well, I, I started way back at Cargill um, in the 80s. And so I've always had interest in energy and agriculture, come from an agricultural family. And um, there weren't any ETFs. Um, single commodity ETFs available once ETFs became popular, particularly for gold and oil, for single commodity ags and, and for corn, which is just an enormously important crop globally. And so uh, I, I started to grim with some partners and some investors, and we are the sponsors of single commodity ETFs that trade on the New York Stock Exchange, ETPs. Um, corn is a corn fund, ticker C-O-R-N. Wheat is a wheat fund, easy tickers, W-E-A-T. Uh, soybeans, S-O-Y-B, and sugar uh, is cane, C-A-N-E. And so we, we believe that investors, by and large, the large majority of investors don't trade futures. They don't have access to futures. They don't have the expertise they need to trade a leveraged product like that. 
and we developed these ETPs in order for the, the average investor, um, retail and institutional, to gain direct exposure to these important agricultural products right on the New York Stock Exchange. Well, Sal, let's begin by talking about corn then, because I note that corn futures for July delivery up about 1% to $3.82 a bushel. Uh, tell us about the, the, the long-term trends in corn. Long-term trends in corn along with uh, soybeans and wheat are that usage continues to increase. It's, it's primarily driven by population growth. Globally, the population expands by roughly 75 to 78 million people per year, which is, to put that in perspective, it's hard for me to grasp those numbers. That's two states of California. That's the equivalent of the population of California doubling every year as new added population on the planet Earth. And in order to sustain the use, of, of the agricultural commodities that all those people use, you would need uh, arable land added to what is already arable land, um, twice the size of Vermont, that land area to be added every year just to feed the new people. And corn, corn is in everything. If you, if you go to fill up your SUV at a service station, um, you're going to use about a bushel of corn because of the ethanol content of that gasoline. That's corn's number one use in the United States. It's actually the number two use globally. Globally, the number one use for corn is animal feed. And so any meats that you consume, any animal proteins that you consume, including aquaculturally raised fish, that's going to use corn as well. That's corn's second largest use. If you use paper, uh, you're looking at cornstarch, hold that together. If you drink sweetened drinks, corn syrup, those are corn's top four uses. They, you know, the little plastic cups you get at summertime picnics with the green stripe around them, they're made from corn. Um, consumers in the modern global economy cannot exist without corn touching their lives during the day, every day, in, in multiple spots. And so corn is an incredibly critical commodity that people should look at with their financial advisors because, you know, most people with whom we speak, they have oil exposure. They understand that no matter what happens to the economy, they're going to get up, they're going to turn their heat on or off, they're going to drive their car, um, they're going to use energy. But they're also going to use food and they're going to use the products that also um, are derived from these, these crops of corn, soybeans, and wheat in particular. So you're bullish on the price action in corn, soybeans, and wheat. Um, I think when you step back and look at it, the global demand is such that I'm definitely bullish on uh, usage. So I, I have no doubt that we will use more of those commodities over time as time goes on deep into the future. In terms of price action, you know, we've seen global usage going up, but the past three years have been a deep bear market for, for all of these commodities. And the reason is that they're supply-driven. The, the demand is very steady. It's very inelastic. Farmers respond very quickly. And so what you have is we've had perfect weather for three consecutive years, and that's given us um, ample crops, ample supplies. But, but with the usage basically unrelenting, it's growing in a, in, at an amazing rate, particularly soybeans in China. China, um, you know, their economy, I was just listening to a, a webinar from J.P. Morgan Asset Management. They were highlighting how the Chinese GDP contribution to growth has declined since 2009, yet the imports of soybeans have rocketed. So I find it very interesting that the last thing people will do is allow themselves or their animals to be cold or hungry, and yet many people overlook agricultural commodities as a key component of exposure in their portfolios. Now, so you began by just talking about futures. Uh, is using uh, ETPs, is that less volatile than futures trading? 
not necessarily. ETPs, because they hold futures, and ours are unleveraged, um, so, you know, they make it pretty easy to understand. But because they hold futures, they are likely to be as volatile as futures. I think the advantage to using an ETP is one doesn't need the expertise to deal with um, the leverage that futures entail, and one doesn't need the expertise to roll. Remember, contracts expire, and you have to um, either do something about that if you own it or, you know, a whole bunch of corn. Or roll it every month. Thank you very much. Sal Gilberti, he is the president and the chief investment officer and co-founder of Tucrium Trading. They're based in Brattleboro, Vermont. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Audi Meadowlands in Secaucus, New Jersey, powered by Benzel Bush, offering a commitment to service, luxury, and value with total transparency. Start your journey at AudiMeadowlands.net and define the way you drive. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.